say you've got a creative project or you're ready to take on a big challenge or life is challenging enough, what do you have to do to be at your optimal best? What is the optimal food or drink to not only maintain good physical health, but mental health as well? This is The Next Simple Step. I'm Paul Goldsmith. We have the perfect person here to answer that. E.C. Sinkowski is a certified nutrition specialist, a licensed diet nutritionist, and the founder of Optimize Me Nutrition. So, E.C., tell us, what is sort of the optimal diet for your brain health? Yeah, I think there's actually a wide strike zone for what is considered an optimal diet. Unfortunately, we all kind of keep chasing some sort of magic bullet or one single answer, when in reality, we can be healthy with a, a range of different foods in our diet, as well as even a range of different macronutrients. And so I think what we collectively see and kind of the most common application I can see of an optimal diet is eating mostly whole unprocessed foods in the right quantities. But that doesn't mean perfection. That doesn't mean only kale, but that does mean lots of fruits and veggies some whole grains, some nuts, some whole food protein sources. And then, yeah, you do have some room for some discretionary foods. Maybe that's cake or wine or whatever it is. And you can be optimal there. It's, it really is that simple. So lots of fruits and veggies, just what our moms told us. That sounds a little too easy. What is the most common thing people get wrong about their diet? Hmm. Wow, there's so many. I think they're kind of looking for some magic answer. When the answer has been said by many, many people before me, I'm one to join the chorus of mostly whole unprocessed foods in the right quantities. Let's drop the dogma. Let's drop the overly restrictive diet approaches. Let's drop the extreme eliminations. Let's drop the quick fixes, the supplements, the um, unrealistic expectations. And that I think is the biggest hurdle for people. They kind of have heard this before. They've heard that calories matter. They've heard that fruits and veggies are good for you. And they're like, no, 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 really, what's it? And you're like, no, 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 that's it. <laughs> that's it. So I think the biggest hurdle is for people to accept that's it and then really get started on it. Okay, if that's it, though, 7 in 10 Americans are mm -hmm. overweight. If it was just as simple as eating more veggies or, or fruit, what's going on here? Hmm. It is that simple in concept. It's, it's not that simple in application. And so why it's so difficult in application is our modern food environment. We have these deliciously tasting processed goodies everywhere. You cannot go to any store and not be tempted to buy a candy bar. I have no idea why it's an option for me to buy popcorn when I'm going to a home goods store, but it is. And so this stuff is everywhere. You go to ship a package and you have the ability to buy like some chocolate bar, right? So it's everywhere. It's very tempting. Um, we are wired to want to eat calorically dense food for our survival. And so it's around us. It's around us constantly. And then we have lives that have kind of pushed us to be a little bit more sedentary. And so it's very, very easy to make the wrong choice. <laughs> and I guess to put on top of that, we don't have any immediate effects in the short term. Like you can put on weight in the short term and not really see all of the consequences right away. So it, there's a lot of different factors that make it very hard to want to create this habit change right now in the moment. Let's get real practical here. So if someone mm -hmm. struggles with having enough energy, I think this is pretty common, particularly that slump in the afternoon, a couple hours mm -hmm. after lunch, and they reach for a, a soda or a sugary coffee drink for a boost. 
I mean, what's a good alternative? How do we keep our energy up throughout the day? We have cycles during the day at which our energy rises and falls that are just natural patterns. And there is a natural slump in the afternoon just by the way of the fact that we do not operate like batteries or whatever plugged into the wall or something like that. Like we don't always are going to feel like we're ready to chew through concrete. There are ebbs and flows of our natural energy. I think, first of all, just accepting that. um, That doesn't mean that people are always making the right diet choices, but I think knowing that like energy is not always we have to be 100% on (laughs) is something just good to keep in mind. First of all, I would even not suggest something diet related. I'd say get up away from your computer for 10 minutes, stop looking at the screen, walk outside, get some fresh air, drink some water, some really basic things just to kind of change the mental slog of, you know, checking your email or whatever the, the, the task is every day. But then overall, I do hear a lot of people respond favorably with my 800 gram challenge by adding more fruits and veggies to the diet. They just, quote, feel better. A lot of times they feel better in workouts. They just have more energy through the day. And I think some of it's just from the nutrient density. They're getting more vitamins and minerals, which are typically low in a processed food diet. That sounds so reasonable and balanced. Mm. And yeah, you don't have to sort of live at the extreme every single minute of the day. Now, you mentioned the 800 gram challenge. I know that's been Mm. really picking up steam. Tell us about that. What does that mean? People are always looking for something simple. They're looking for a quick tip, if you will. And so I'm like, great, eat 800 grams by weight of fruits and vegetables of your choice each day. And then you're not going to worry about the rest. You can continue to eat whatever other foods you want. But we're placing this priority on eating enough of the healthy fruits and veggies in our diet. It's up to their choice. So they get to pick. Potatoes are included. All fruits are included. Beans are included. All veggies are included. So they get to pick. There's not a lot of dogma about that. And they just have to accumulate that across the course of the day. And of course, there's some downstream effects for a lot of people that typically, once they're eating that level of fruits and veggies, they don't have as much room for as many cookies and as many chocolate bars and all of that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean they can't have them. But what it's trying to do in a very simple way is get a better balance of quality and quantity, where typically what we have going on right now in modern diets is just too little quality and too much quantity. And so this is just kind of my first step in road. It's certainly not a panacea. It certainly will not get everybody to all of their results. But it's a great way to get started on kind of this whole food-based diet approach. So enough of the good stuff, and you won't necessarily have room for all of the junk food that we tend to consume mindlessly. Yeah, I mean, that's a big premise of it. Now, some people do sort of hit a pitfall with it, and they take a check-the-box mentality where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do an 800-gram smoothie in the morning, and then I can eat whatever (laughs) I want. (laughs) And you're like, okay, so now you're trying to game the system, right? You're trying to find Mm -hmm. the loopholes. And this is what we see in a lot of diets too, right? If you go paleo and all of a sudden you're eating lots of paleo brownies, like it's not really the diet anymore. But this can also happen with the 800-gram challenge. So I really encourage people to try to take a natural approach to it. Um, You're just going to have fruits and veggies at most of your meals across the day and kind of eat normally. And then you probably will get the results that you want. What is the optimal diet then? I hear you saying lots of whole fruits and vegetables, but People get results with paleo or with Mm -hmm. keto or the Mediterranean or or whatever the diet may be. What's wrong with all of those different options? There's nothing wrong with them. What we need in a diet to be, quote, optimal is to hit the right number of calories, to get the right number of macronutrients within those calories distributed based on your goals, and then also to make sure that we hit enough of the micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, and the fibers. We have all of these different quantitative endpoints. Oh, and we, we probably have to do it in a way that's sustainable. So food choices that align with your preferences, rules that align with your habits, that type of thing. And people see results with these different diets because it just so happens when they go on the Mediterranean diet, they end up getting the right number of calories, macros, and micros by way of their choices. But not everybody does, right? Because they are, they're making different choices or they're not following it or they don't like those choices. So we can play that game with every single diet. 
people will see results of paleo because when they choose paleo foods, they tend to get their quality and quantity in line. We can play that game with the age and challenge and so on and so on. And so there's a lot of confusion in the diet space because people see these diets very differently. They think the paleo diet is different than the Mediterranean diet and it's different than the Asian gram challenge. And it's like, no, 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 these are all shorthand ways to achieve the right number of calories, macros, and micros in your diet without you weighing and measuring them. But because we're not weighing and measuring them, there is no precision to it. And therefore, that explains the variety and the results that we see. And so this is why I ultimately, in my masterclass, take a lot of people through kind of the weighing and measuring process, because it takes all of this guesswork out. They see, oh, when I make the Mediterranean choices, what happens to my calories, macros, and micros? Oh, when I do the 800-gram challenge, what ha- you get the idea. And then we really see from a quantitative perspective how these different food choices are affecting the end results that, quote, make a diet optimal. There seems to be a general consensus that we're consuming too much sugar, so we try sugar substitutes. And then there's a news headline recently that One of those substitutes, erythritol, increases someone's chance of cardiovascular disease or heart attack. So tell us, first of all, is erythritol as dangerous as they say it is? I haven't gone through the study in detail yet, but from what I understand about people who I follow and trust in the space is the study did not actually look at erythritol consumption. And it's also a substance that we make naturally in the body. So if you want to say that consuming these things are harmful to people, you best measure what they're actually eating and how much of it. (laughs) So that's a big limitation of the study. So I would not get too worried about that yet. And in fact, what we find is that sugar substitutes do in fact help people substitute sugar in their diet and still get some of the foods that they like. And so sugar substitutes and sugar alcohols can be part of a healthy diet. Now, the thing is, foods that have sugar alcohols and or sugar substitutes, we can take Diet Coke, do not have vitamins and minerals, lean protein, nor fiber for the most part. Can a diet be perfectly healthy on sugar substituted foods? No, they can be part of one. They can help us reduce our overall calories. But remember, we still need to get those macros in the right distribution. We also still need the micros. And so this is where, again, people try to boil things down to kind of like yes or no, add sugar or not. And it's like, okay, that's one piece of the puzzle. You can have some in your diet, but we have to then look at how that fits into then achieving calories, macros, micros. It just seems like every few weeks or months, there's another headline, something's good for us, and then it's going to kill us. So how do you educate yourself? Because there are people on all ends of the spectrum arguing that this way or that is the only way to live. And Mm. this is going to kill you. This isn't. To be honest, I don't really read anything in the mainstream. I read read PubMed. Mm. I read textbooks because that's where the information is. Now, I am part of the mainstream. I have social media. I have had a blog at points. I have a website. I have all the digital communications to reach my clients. And so there is good information out there. But I think for people to understand is that Media is about attention. It's even true with my stuff. Like I have to make fruits and vegetables interesting. So I don't think I do a lot of clickbait stuff, but I do try to do stuff that's engaging, colorful, short, actionable, all of that stuff to get clicks. And so that's the first thing that people have to understand is that our media economy is an attention economy. It's not an accuracy economy, always. The second thing is you should run away, run away from anybody who is not helping you understand the principles of nutrition versus the methods. What do I mean by that? The principles are calories matter, (laughs) macronutrients matter for body composition, micronutrients are needed, like really basic nutrition stuff. Oh, we got to do things in a sustainable way. You should hear that from the person that you trust. They might think your percentage of protein needs to be a little bit higher. They might lean a little bit more fruits and veggies. But at the end of the day, if they're not having you eat a diverse diet of mostly whole unprocessed foods in the right quantities, and they want you to take an extreme approach, 
That should be your major red flag. You are not listening to a good source of information or any type of fear mongering, anything that's like, oh my gosh, this thing's been killing us for years and I'm the one telling you about it. Run away, (laughs) run away. Thank you, EC. And thank you for listening and not running away because we are committed to accuracy, not just attention around here. We want to earn your attention. And I hope you'll come back for part two of my conversation with EC Sinkowski next time. And we'll talk about optimal diet for reducing stress. And if you work out, what's the right amount of protein and how much water should you actually be drinking? In the meantime, go ahead and get those 800 grams of daily fruits and veggies in. And I'll talk to you next time on the next Simple Step Podcast.